And welcome in to the Nate Taylor Show. I'm Jay Binkley with Nate Taylor. Give him a follow on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. We're situated. We're ready to talk some Chiefs. We got the AFC West showdown. No, it's not the Chiefs, the Chargers and the Raiders on Monday night from LA. Probably more Raiders fans than Chargers. Anyway, Nate Taylor, of course, here uh, with me. This is his show. He just came back from Philly. Yes, sir. He was eating cheesesteaks, so he says. Maybe not as many as Andy Reid. He said he had him. He said his room was full of food. His hotel room was full of food. How the hell did they get that in there? Did people order for him? Chiefs or something? Andy knows people in Philadelphia. He knows people. You got to know people. people. And people know know Andy. So what a a welcome for Andy Reid to accomplish something that no NFL coach had done previously. Um, with yesterday's win, I, I I described it as comfortable in the athletic. Jay, they haven't had a comfortable win in a year. Nate, I sit here and I do the post game, and we're sitting here because every time <laughs> we don't know what to do. I keep saying it's they were one twelve and one against the spread for a while, and people keep asking me. I go on the station every week. Hey, the Chiefs can do it. They went ten straight games in the regular season. Ten yes. straight where they won by six points or lost by six points. Or fewer save the Super Bowl. I'm talking regular season. Mm-hmm. 42 to 30. That's as comfortable as it gets. I feel it could have been worse. But again, I call him Texas Tech Mahomes because <laughs> no, you hear watch Texas Tech. What happened? Yep. He'd score a touchdown every time he's out there. Then he had the this defense was 128th ranked out of 128. There's 130 now scoring defense, meaning. I'm surprised more NFL teams just weren't all over because this kid had to score a touchdown every time he's on the field. But yes, Nate, it felt more comfortable. It was comfortable. And look, Philadelphia sports fans, God bless them. Cause the moment Nick Sirianni makes a poor decision, boo! And it's it's great. I mean, they they booed Santa Claus, but um Andy Reid has won over Philadelphia just as much as he's won over Kansas City. So it was it was really nice to uh, for Coach to win his 100th game with the Chiefs, including the postseason, of course, including Super Bowl 54. And he's the first coach to have 100 wins, including postseason, with two different franchises. Uh, the stars aligned for him to do it in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's close to even doing it at 100 <laughs> with the Chiefs without mm-hmm. the postseason. So, yeah. That's right. And – and uh, people were very nice. They gave him an, a nice ovation as he walked off the field. And look, um, in football, you need something to motivate you um, beyond just your own ego, your own pride. Uh, football is the ultimate team sport. So who are you playing for? And it was fascinating uh, to know, obviously, the Chiefs coming in with a two-game skid. Uh, knowing that they're back in Philly, that so many of those guys were like, we want to perform our best to get coached something that has never happened before in the league. Um, and a few guys talked to us about that after the game. But the Chiefs deciding, hey, we're going to tune up the details. We're going to refocus. Um, as I wrote, they sort of were a team that took on the personality of their coach, and they still had fun. And Andy Reid is known for, you know, Hey, let's score some points, but let's do it in a fun, creative way. They scored touchdowns in the red zone uh, with some little razzle-dazzle. Um, so in a lot of ways, everybody in Kansas City could take a 
they take a deep breath. They're two and two. Um, and the players played for their coach in a way that was um that was really telling for him to do something that no NFL coach has done before. I know they've won a title since he left with Doug Peterson, then they run him out of town like they do everybody else. But <laughs> Philadelphia. They really like him there, don't they? Because I remember when Chip Kelly was there when he had taken over after Andy left, and there was a this restaurant in downtown Philly. It might have a donut shop or something. I forgot what it was. But they had two jars. Tip if you would rather have kept Andy Reid or tip for Chip Kelly. And the Reid cup was like overflowing with cash being thrown into it. Mm-hmm. Is that a big regret on their part? Did you sense that? Because they do everything like you said. But for some reason, I think Andy Reid could still be mayor of that town. Yeah. And part of this is because... He came to Kansas City and immediately had success, right? He took a two-win team and took them to the playoffs in 2013 with Alex Smith. Um, they had seen him do it with so many different quarterbacks. Obviously, Donovan McNabb, um, Michael Vick, Jeff Garcia. Uh, there was a, you know, stability, and in a lot of ways, they went to how many NFC Championship games, Jay? Was it five? Yeah, it was five. They went to one Super Bowl. Of course, they lost to the Patriots. But they're going through this similar cycle right now with their new head coach who, hey, it's it's not going to be a great start. But I think Andy has a personality that is both genuine but is also willing to tell the fans how important they are, why they matter, why they are a huge – you know, the NFL doesn't really exist without – it's fans without people really genuinely giving, in some ways, too much of their time, too much of their money, too much of their heart to their football team. And, and they care deeply in Philly. And Andy has his own style. Um, back in the day, some people could question whether that style is championship worthy. But he's one in his own style. He's never changed. Um and I, and I think for Philadelphia fans, you know, the people I talked to, yeah, he knew it was a rough town, Jay, but that didn't that didn't bother him. So he is a workman. He understands the pressure of the sport, um, and he's trying to get his players to play for one another. And then in return, if they do that, they'll play for the guy that's leading them. Um, and so it's hard for Philadelphia to look at Andy Reid and go, man, now he's got the greatest quarterback in the world? <laughs> Well, I mean, well, I think in a way that would have been that would have been nice when he took that job in Philly. He wasn't a coordinator, like he was not that. And a lot of people downplayed that. Did he really deserve that job when he went to Philadelphia? It's interesting that you bring up this team and wanting to play for. Him. I remember when he got hired here, the Chiefs talked about all the respect they had for Andy Reid. We're mm-hmm. talking about a guy that played in the NFL, which a lot of times, guys, let's let's face it. Todd Haley, the reason he's out of this league. He was a golf golfer in college. And you yes. know what? Some of the guys didn't like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't like that. I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, I think that was pretty much the sentiment of a lot of players. They didn't buy in. Mm-hmm. He was always trying to prove himself. Andy Reid is not trying to prove himself at all. In some ways, Philadelphia may have defined who he is. But you mentioned these players wanting to win for him. Here's Tyree Kill after the game. It's f-ing awesome, man. Like, <laughs> like seeing him in the locker room fired up like after the game, like, it's just surreal, man, because as a kid, like, I used to, like, watch TV and just see Coach Reed coaching in Philadelphia, you know, and I used to have, like, dreams and, like, aspirations of playing in the NFL, and now I'm actually playing for, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time. I'm living life, baby. <laughs> it's 
Awesome, man. There like, you go. Terry Kill was very like, excited see, about that. That was that. Here's uh, the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. Uh, I'm not going to say what Tyreek said, but uh, it was definitely <laughs> exciting uh, to kind of get him that win. Uh, we, we were due to get him that win. It had been a couple weeks now, but I'm glad we got to do it in Philadelphia and, and around where he kind of he came into his own, and now he's in Kansas City, and it's a good thing he's here with us. So you don't say those things like Tyreek did unless you get the ultimate respect. You know, some guys like, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, you, you got to take them away from football physically or they can keep playing it. Mm-hmm. Like Peyton Manning, I'm, I'm, Archie mm-hmm. Manning probably had to really be in and say, you're done, man. Yep. You're done. And Tom Brady, I don't know who's He's out still- there because obviously even Giselle didn't have control. She makes a vacuum, but can't get him out of football. <laughs> so I digress. But some guys are, but Andy Reid is wired to coach. And I think that Patrick Mahomes gave him that pelt on the wall. Like he's known as the quarterback whisper. His career was going to be defined whether Mahomes worked or not. Like if Mahomes didn't work, Andy Reid would have had to wear that. Because mm-hmm. clearly, you know, people can argue John Dorsey or or Brett Veach picking Mahomes. Andy Reid picked Patrick yes. Mahomes. Yeah, but the, bottom the, line, he's not staying in coaching unless he gets to choose, as Bill Parcells does, if I'm going to make dinner, I need to shop for the groceries. So what what drives Andy Reid, do you think? What, what motivates him to do more? He just loves it, you know, and that is a clear – that's what we all, I think, want in our profession, right? You want success, but you want to do it in a manner that is still fun to you, that is still fascinating, um, to where there's true love um, and why you want to get up in the morning and, and coach. You know, Andy is at the facility oftentimes at 4 and 5 a.m. You know, he wants to beat everybody there. He wants to have the – you know, he is someone that is so detail-oriented – but still enjoys all the little nuance, all the little little advantages, all these all these edges. It's 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 one of the things that I think people don't truly acknowledge that that's how he's so close to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick knows every rule, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take all these little. So advantages. does Andy Reid? He's just nicer about it. Yes, yes. I'm he's just, just as <laughs> as genius as those guys. I, for example, you know Andy Reid. You know, so Jeff Swartz or somebody put on. I think it was Jeff Swartz put on Twitter. That Andy Reid knows when the ribs are the freshest of what restaurant and burn ends and all this. And so I took it and I was sitting in the front row. I think it was the Honey Badger's press conference or somebody when he signed. And I was sitting in the front row and Andy's just sitting up there. And everybody's just kind of looking around waiting for the event to start. And Andy's like, he said, hey, coach, I got a question for you. And he goes, do you really know the times this stuff comes out? <laughs> and he said yes, because he had learned it, I think, from a cab driver going to the airport and documented it. But he's always thinking. I watched him on Diners, Drives, and Dives. And he was looking at how they prepared the food with great interest, mm-hmm. not just the celebrity showing up to whatever film. He actually cared about it because he's always thinking about how to make something better. And I thought that was very telling. Yeah. And it transfers to the players because they can see how invested he is, how professional he needs to be to be excellent at his job. And now there's an example, uh, both verbal and nonverbal, um, to be a leader that can get a collection of guys to play for one another. It's it's fascinating that Clyde Edwards Alaire, who had gone through, you know, one of the one of the few dips in his career, and people will say, hey, you know, he's a first round draft pick running <laughs> people back. People want to light him on fire. I, you know, I want my guy to be a fantasy darling. Why is he not Christian McCaffrey already? But anyway, uh, you know, Clyde had fumbled the ball. And essentially the game in Baltimore uh, comes back and fumbles early against the Chargers. Andy Reid sticks with him. And I found it to be really 
fascinating and pivotal for perhaps the remainder of the season, then Andy Reid gave him the ball the very next snap. And then in return, okay, coach still giving me a lot of trust, still giving me a lot of, you know, reason to believe in myself and not to worry about not just what everybody else thinks, but like, okay, if the coach is good with me, like I need to, you know, stay within myself and, you know, compete to the best of my abilities. When the team left Kansas City on Saturday to go to Philadelphia, um, Clyde had a custom-made T-shirt in honor of him and Andy Reid. It's the Prince of, you know, Alaire with The Prince of Alaire. With, obviously, Uncle Phil being Andy Reid. <laughs> so... And he wore, I, didn't really, I, I heard he talked about the shirt, but he actually wore the he, shirt. He wore the shirt. I, you can find it on, on Clyde's social yeah, okay. media. I think the Chiefs tweeted it out as well. But look, Clyde knew what what the uh, what the task at hand was getting on the plane. We need to get a win, but we need to do this for Andy. And he mentioned that after the game on Sunday and had honestly one of the best performances of his career, uh, getting over 100 rushing yards, uh, obviously scoring the first touchdown of the game. Um, being productive in both the passing game and the running game. They actually started throwing him the ball a little bit more of late. But, hey, two weeks ago, maybe another coach goes a different way. Maybe another, maybe the coach is like, yeah, I'm a little going to be hard on you. Andy was more giving assurances, affirmation, and, hey, just go play. You know, we all make mistakes. And for – Clyde to in return show that production for a coach who showed faith in him. It may be a pivotal point in the season, but that sort of gives uh, listeners and fans an idea of why these guys love playing for Andy. Even if you make a mistake, coach is going to give you more opportunities. He's going to try to put you in positions to succeed. And then if you do your job, he's going to help you continue to do yours. Yeah. He showed the loyalty to Clyde. Oh, it's interesting. You talk about that. Now I want to bring that back up. Cause I'm going to ask you, is Clyde the seventh leading rusher in the NFL? And is it a byproduct of defenses they played? Or have you seen something in the line or Clyde that you believe in? But the Chiefs win 42 to 30 over the Eagles, have the Bills this weekend. Nate Taylor, this is the Nate Taylor show. When we come back, we'll talk about Clyde Edwards Alaire. Is it him or the defenses they're playing? We'll get to the bottom of it next. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. I'm Jay Binkley with Nate Taylor, fresh off an airplane from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. I, and I know the answer. You probably didn't. Uh, I saw some establishments that offer great food and drink with some friends. Uh, shout out to Breland Moore. Uh, she used to work here at KCTV5. Now she's in Philadelphia, her hometown, working for the uh, Fox affiliate there. So I got to hang out with her. got to... Uh, be with my guy Harold Coon, so Fox I Four. He, out there. he was out there, so you know, just just a nice Good. time seeing downtown Philly. You know, I used to not really do that when I covered the NBA because yeah. the arena's yeah. more close to the airport, and it's like, well, I'll just go to the game, airport. What NBA city are we going to next? So, and <laughs> in, in the NFL, it's a little different. You can actually fly there, have a nice day, and then obviously be ready on game day. What's your favorite so far? Obviously, you haven't gone to the Vegas trip yet. Mm. We looking forward to it now. You better, better play a weekend. Mm-hmm. The, now, the Chiefs play the Tennessee Titans, and I've grown very fond of Nashville. 
That's where Harold's from, right? Uh-huh. That is where Harold is from. Uh, and I think, you know, Denver is a city that I that I generally have a great time in. Um, you know, it's it's fascinating with the it's fascinating with the LA Chargers in LA because um everybody tells me how great San Diego was. And now I've, I've never been to San Diego. I don't know what I'm going to go to San Diego, but I, you know, yeah, they're currently in the lightning delay, by the way, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, in a in a in a what five point five yeah. billion dollar. It was what like, appeared it was to be a dome as much as Vegas, the Allegiant Stadium. It's it's crazy. And NFL Network is there now too mm-hmm. in LA. They're going to have more Raiders fans and Chargers fan there, which will be interesting. All right, you bring up Clyde Edwards Elaire. I loved him at uh, LSU. Again, the only running back in the history. Of the SEC, they have a thousand yards rushing and fifty receptions, nineteen first round picks since two thousand from that conference. That's how good they've been. A little under hundred running backs in the NFL since before that time. But seventh in the NFL in rushing. All right, had a hundred yards last week against Chargers, hundred yards uh, against the uh, Eagles. Chase ran for one eighty six on the Chargers, two hundred yards against the Eagles. Very impressive numbers. It's three eighty six from two games, but. At that time, the Chargers' run defense was 30th in the NFL. Right now, they sit dead last. Mm-hmm. The Eagles were 26th in the NFL in stopping the run. They're now 30th because of what happened against Kansas City. So I ask you, Nate, and I've seen all the breakdowns from Brandon Thorne <laughs> and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the holes were huge. Yes. The lines were big. I mean, that, that was meant for Clyde in that game. That was a feel-good game. He's wrapping the ball with two hands. That does take away a little bit of arm usage. You 100% buying into the the line run blocking now in Clyde, who had 7.3 yards per carry, or is it a byproduct of the defenses they're facing? I think the pendulum is swinging more to Clyde and to that offensive line, which is really starting to gel. Jay, I mean, who? I know we talk about the rookies towards the end. Uh, Trey Smith doing a Fine job. A lot of people are calling him to steal the draft. I think he was. That was my favorite pick. Uh, uh, Brendan Thorne believes that. I, I generally uh, love his astute uh, evaluations of offensive line play. I think there were times in the second half where Orlando Brown was like, hey, like this is starting to feel good. We're starting to – Feels like Baltimore. Starting to push some dudes around. Um, yes, defenses similar to the Ravens, similar to the Chargers. The Eagles chose to have their safeties – Far back, so two two deep safeties, fifteen to twenty yards off the ball. Basically asking the Chiefs, please run the ball, <laughs> please run. We don't want. But here's the thing, though, like being a running back for Patrick Mahomes, it's like the best thing. Like the, the you got to take advantage. People always bring up Tannehill and his numbers, and they'll compare him to other quarterbacks. I'm like, here's the thing: if you're playing the Titans, you don't care about Tannehill. You want to stop Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Chuck Pagano once said when they played the Chiefs, when he was coach of the Colts, he said Jamal Charles public enemy number one. Everything goes to, at that point, Jamal Charles like 70% off. We stopped Jamal. Let's, let's make the rest of the Chiefs beat us. I yep. feel that way. When Derrick Henry's running, they're seeing eight man fronts and everything else. You know what Mahomes would do to defenses if he had to, if, if he had to face a defense that was wanting to stop the run? He would tear them up. He is public enemy number one. Travis Kelsey, number two, or Tyree Kill, 2A, 2B, whatever yep. you want. You should thrive as a running back for Patrick Mahomes. You have to. To keep this offense on a historic pace that they're on right now. I mean, uh, this offense, if they don't turn the ball over four times, is going to score 30 points in every game, right? So they put up a comfortable, a smooth, really ruthlessly efficient 42 points. But, yeah, I think 
Clyde's running with a little bit more determination. Obviously, we talked about that earlier in the last segment. Uh, I think he's being more decisive. They are, they are being. I think the Chiefs are comfortable now running the ball on first down, knowing that we we should get three, four, five and yards. Running at the goal line, Nate. Yes. You know, third and one, you can run the football. Mm-hmm. These drives were 10, 11, 12 plays. It's amazing what happens when you don't have to ask Patrick to do every, everything. Who, by the way, had six incompletions and five touchdowns. Exactly. And so Orlando Brown, we know he's a plus run blocker. Trey Smith looks like, I mean, he's the bear from the Revenant. I mean, yeah, he, he just he swallows just, people. Yeah, uh, uh, Creed Humphrey is so technically sound and gets to the second level very well uh, so that he can disrupt linebackers trying to, you know, see where they can sort of get through from the gap standpoint. Um, we know that Lucas Nyang has struggled a little bit in pass protection, but I think he's done just fine in terms of run blocking. And then, look, Joe Tooney, the most consistent guard in the NFL. They've, they went out and did something in the offseason, and we're starting to see the fruits of that labor with this offensive line. And if Clyde can make one cut and get upfield, if he can make that first guy miss on the perimeter. We didn't see many screen passes against the Eagles, but you know that's a part of the package as well that's coming now. And I try to tell Chiefs fans all the time, yes, those jet sweeps, technically they're called passes. But, like, that's a part of the run. That's a part of the run Diver- diversity that the Chiefs can show a opposing defense. And look, uh, the best part is the end of the game, Jay. Hmm. They ran the ball. They've ran it seven yards, six yards, nine yards. The Eagles are like, we got to stop the run because they have the lead. Okay. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes says, give me give me one more. <laughs> Tyreek Hill says, coach, let me, let me go deep. Let me go deep one time. And so that's that's what you ultimately want to get to is, okay, we've ran the ball successful. We got them looking in the backfield, and all of a sudden, Patrick takes a quick snap, rolls a little bit to his right, gives Tyreek just that extra second to go deep, and it's a 44-yard touchdown. That is the challenge that the Buffalo Bills are going to face this upcoming Sunday. If Clyde Edwards-Alaire can run effectively on first down, it opens up RPOs. It opens up jet sweeps. It opens up Travis Kelsey. And whenever they feel like they can do play action or, God forbid, play action max protect, which they did one time in the first half, and who was open? Tyreek Hill in the middle of the field. So you're buying in these rookies? Because here's the thing. A lot of people probably don't realize this. They've only given up five sacks all year. There's only two teams in the National Football League that have given up fewer sacks than the Chiefs with their rookies on that offensive line. The Washington football team's done it four times. And the Rams have done it three times. Mm. And that we all know it's a quick strike offense yes. with Stafford and McVay. But still five times when you have those rookies on the offensive line. And they're 28th in penalties, which they were hovering at like fourth in the NFL yeah. in penalties against. So that part they've cut back on the penalties in this line with the sacks as well, really showing their worth. Yeah, so um, we've now seen it for two straight weeks. Let's see it for a third. They got time to run Wasp. They might. I mean, why not? I mean, there's there's room for this offense to manipulate defenses to where either A, we're gonna see a lot of track meets, Jay, <laughs> or B, maybe we'll get maybe this will be the new norm where they can win by two scores, where they can sort of inflict their will, particularly in the fourth quarter, and sort of lean on defenses when, hey, you know we're running the ball. Start covering again. We know we're running the ball. Start covering again. I mean, 
You could have made a fortune going against Chiefs covering. You you could have, but maybe 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 the seasons will change just like the wind out there. <laughs> I I feel like there's no excuses now for Clyde Edwards Alaire. You you've you've learned the experience of fumbling the ball and knowing that that is what defenses are going to try to do because Mahomes gives up so few interceptions. Um, and now you've gotten a real month to understand, okay, what's the best way for us to run block for Clyde? What's the best way for Clyde to use his blockers in front of him? Uh, so now let's just see consistency because if that happens, then the Chiefs are going to have one of the more explosive offenses in the NFL. This is Nate Taylor show by uh, Nate Taylor at by Nate Taylor on Twitter. We'll podcast this as well. As soon as we're finished, but coming up next, let's talk a little bit about that defense. When mm. can we see Willie Gay come back to the Kansas City Chiefs? And let's talk about this new phenomenon going around in football. Because Andy Reid said, hey, man, things are changing. Team's going forward on fourth down. Is this the way to beat the Chiefs? We'll talk to Nate about that next. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. Give a follow on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. I'm Jay Binkley. That's Nate Taylor trying to figure out why there's a weather delay in a covered stadium in Los Angeles. But uh, we'll let them uh, try to figure that one out. Talked about the the defense, the phenomenon known as going forward on fourth down. You're going to see teams do this more and more as we go forward, Nate. I mean, I look back last year, Buffalo. I mean. They, they had the wrong system. They're still mad about it in Buffalo, how the McDermott played that game against Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. In the AFC you, you go Championship. It. Yeah, we've yeah. seen it. In, you know, I've I watched a lot of college football. I was watching Ole Miss in Alabama this weekend. It was at Alabama, so you got to pull out all the stops here, Lane Kiffin. Number one offense in the country, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what they did? They kept going for it on fourth down. They were 0 for their first three on going for it. He's done it 14 times, but 0 for their first three. It killed him because Alabama, once they stopped him, they, they were down 35 to nothing before you could snap your fingers mm-hmm. by doing that. A lot of teams don't do it, but teams do it in the National Football League against the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's becoming more and more prevalent. And uh, Andy Reid even uh, addressed that today. You know what? It's happening all through the league. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, teams are more willing to go for fourth downs more now than ever before. And we've always been a willing team to do it. And... Um, depending on situation, but I mean, you're seeing it on the plus side of the field and the minus side of the field. So it's, uh, um, it's, it's football today. It's kind of crazy, but, uh, it's analytics. Are, Let's it, put it that way. Nate. It is <laughs> analytics. Well, last year, you, you look at the Buffalo game and it was the playoff game, fourth and three at Kansas city, 33. A lot of teams would go for in that situation. Brent, 51 Brent, yard field goal. Brendan Staley would have gone for it. He would have. Then they were fourth and goal at the two yard line. They settled for a 20-yard field goal. Again, Chiefs defense was a little bit better and more respected last year. Fourth and three at KC, eight. 27-yard field goal from Buffalo. Last one, not going to count it because it's fourth and 28 at Kansas City, 33. But still, it was a KC, 33. True, yes. And it's fourth and 28. But again, defensively, you know, if they just stopped some of that, obviously they would have stopped Lamar Jackson, Chiefs win. Mm-hmm. If, if they would have been able to stop when Brendan Staley was doing it, Chiefs win. Can the de- is the defense capable of making these stops? Are you buying into the Chiefs? They were 12 for 12 with teams scoring touchdowns against them. They forced the field goal with the Chargers. They forced three yes. with Philadelphia 
yesterday. Maybe that was because Sirianna should have gone for it. <laughs> should have pulled out one of his 50 pins on his head <laughs> and gone for it. But are you buying into the defense, taking steps, or do you still see major problems? Because Jalen Hurts did whatever the hell he wanted, throwing and running on this defense. I, I still see problems, Jay. And unfortunately, we're we're getting into a little bit of a repeat cycle where there's miscommunication or the pass rush really hasn't gotten home. Uh, the I players themselves are going to use that miscommunication word. Yes, yes. But, you, I mean, you saw it at times uh, yesterday where, you know, there's plays where uh, it looks like Anthony Hitches doesn't know exactly what his coverage responsibility is. And there's time in the back end where, okay, uh, I got you, you. You sure I got this guy? This okay. Now Zach Ertz is is wide open in the flat. You know, it was fascinating to me that the Eagles knew that if we just throw the ball quickly out to the flats, the perimeter is there to be had because um, guys like Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen uh, have not have not covered the way that I think you could call respectable or what was, you know, the production that they had a year ago under Steve Spagnuolo. So I, I feel like defenses, excuse me, I feel like opposing offenses will still want to challenge the Chiefs defense. I think the Bills, um, if they're wise, will have a number of plays they can put out on fourth and four, fourth and three. And, yeah, even if you're on the plus side of the field, like as we all just saw, the Chiefs scored 42 points. You know, uh, they scored 35 against Baltimore. Even with four turnovers, they scored 24 points. So they were in the game. Um, you need touchdowns, not field goals. And so I think for Spagnolo, for Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Anthony Hitchens, they all need to be ready to not just win on third down, but be prepared to stay on the field and not have any miscommunication when a team – stays on the field and wants to hurry up their offense to try to surprise the Chiefs and get them uh, a little bit, you know, frazzled. And my advice, Jay, can the can the Chiefs become a blitzing team, a team that is known for blitzing? Because maybe that will um, smooth the roughness of having miscommunications in the secondary when, hey, cover zero, hope you get there. <laughs> Hope you create some level of chaos. I think this defense still needs turnovers. Um, they need turnovers badly. It's like the Saints won with Greg Williams, defensive coordinator with Sean Payton. That Super Bowl won. They weren't a great defense, but they had a lot of turnovers. They yes. created a lot of turnovers. I contend this. This offense is good enough. It's just like against the Chargers. More yards and more first downs than any team's had in the NFL so far. The Chiefs had the best offense in the NFL. Tried and true. There's Hall of Famers. It's the best. You had the best quarter, best. Yeah. I think they can win games. Even with this defense being bad, the turnovers different story. Turnovers do change a game, yeah. but I think despite this defense and its inefficiencies, they can still win games. I look back at the games they lost; could have won those games. So yes, the defense can they take steps forward? Yes, but this offense will carry this football team. That's just the way it is. Yep, and, and that's the philosophy from top down, right? I mean, Andy Reid is an offensive head coach. Brett Veach, you know his main mission when he came to Kansas City was find the next great quarterback. Uh, he went and did that and scouting Patrick Mahomes and obviously uh, them executing the trade with the Buffalo Bills, you know, uh, interestingly enough. And the Chiefs just signed Josh Gordon last week. So they're going to lean heavily on offense. The game is, you know, the 
What is the task? It is to outscore your opponent. You do not want to win. You know, Andy Reid is comfortable winning 42-30 just as much as 14-10. But, you know, hey, uh, the NFL is designed for offense now. You know, so much of playing defense is being precise, being connected to one another, and not making any giant mistakes. Make the make the offense run more plays. Maybe you get a turnover. Maybe you get a mistake. Maybe you get a penalty. Um, so the Chiefs defense has to really, I feel like, get more connected. But part of that is guys have to stay on the field and be on the field. So, yes, is Charvarius Ward an all-pro corner? No, but he is someone who's been in the system and has been productive and uh, can give you tighter coverage on the perimeter. Uh, Willie Gay. All of a sudden, becoming the savior of the Chiefs' defense. Is Where's, he coming back? That's the question. Is, yeah, there's a chance. I mean, he was he was kind of getting there last week. So there's a chance he's getting there. Does he play this week? I think so. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go on the record at 7:42 on October 4th that Willie Gay will probably play in, in some role against the Bills. If obviously, if he doesn't have a setback in practice this week, but they need Willie Gay. They need Frank Clark. You know, uh, Frank Clark was considered questionable on Friday. He wasn't there on Saturday because they ruled him out. So uh, he's been dealing with hamstring issues. Uh, He's got to get on the field. It's fascinating. Obviously, we've talked before with Juan Thornhill. I mean, this defense in some ways is obviously miscommunicating. They're disjointed in a lot of ways. And, Jay, do you feel like they've had their best 11 defenders on the field at any point this season? Because I I do not. Yeah, I don't. I don't. What? It's not the defense that I saw, again, preseason, but the Cardinals that are undefeated had their starter. They didn't get a first down mm-hmm. until a couple of minutes later. That mm-hmm. was their starters playing. Again, preseason, but still. Yeah, but all those guys need to be on the field so that maybe this statistical trend, maybe the production in the red zone, will at least get back to normal levels. Uh, you know, I don't think Chiefs fans are asking the defense to be a top-10 defense. They're, they would just like for you to be complimentary. Can you compliment the offense? If the offense scores a touchdown, can you get a three and out? Can you get a turnover? Can you, you know, in the case of yesterday's game, whoo, thank goodness they're kicking a field goal. <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, like, you know. I, <laughs> even seems like a minor victory. Even though I'm in Philadelphia, y'all, I heard everybody be like, whoo, they kicked a field goal. <laughs> so, I mean, can the defense compliment the offense because – I agree with you, Jay. This offense needs to be the thing that's front and center. It's the it's the show. It's the headliner. Um, but the backup singers need to be in tune. Like, can can the backup singers like carry a note? Can they be? Can they can they be like great? But hey, I need the best backup singers. I need the best eleven defenders on the field. And we're getting you know to week five, and it and I don't feel like the best eleven has been out there. A good point, and I do want to ask you about Chris Jones inside or outside because Andy Reid did address that today. I'll ask you where is he best positioned for this defense, and we'll look at our rookie of the year, the Mackley Hill, mm-hmm. as we've been doing this each and every week. We'll do that next. And oh, by the way, question for Nate: Ask Nate, Jay Southland, Toe Service Text Line nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Nate will be happy to answer anything. Maybe. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to The Nate Taylor Show. I'm Jay Bakley with Nate Taylor at By Nate Taylor on Twitter. Andy Reid had this to say about uh, 
Well, he was asked about Mike Dana, but it turned into Chris Jones inside or outside. Yeah, so listen, I I, I think Michael did a nice job, actually. He, he had two sacks and um, the one thing Jerron Reed has done is given us flexibility to move Chris out and move him back in in certain situations. We've kind of moved him all around is what we've done. <clears throat> and I, I think that's been important. And he's done a nice job. I mean, he had several hurries yesterday. He did a nice job with that and uh, was around the quarterback, um, which when, when they did throw the ball. So um, at both spots. And, and I, I think that uh, the one thing it normally does out there is it frees them up, you know, gives them enough better, a little bit better opportunity for, for rush. So, um, but having Mike, we rotate them anyway. So, so, Ren, so we'll, they're all going to play, you know, whether Chris is inside or out, he'll end up, uh, Michael Dana will play. Just a so. couple snaps from the outside yesterday, Nate, and his best place, in my opinion, is in the inside. That's where he's been dominant in national football. Like, Jaron Reed, they did, if they got more production from him, it yes. makes more sense for them to be outside. Yes. But they're not getting what they thought, I don't think, in Jaron Reed. Now, together, the combo, I'd like to see what they could do. What kind of, but Frank Clark not playing, again, poses interesting things with Chris Jones inside or outside. Mike Dana playing well mm-hmm. is, is definitely helpful. But in my opinion, Chris Jones better on the inside. I could be wrong. Could be on the outside. We'll, we'll, we'll see. He's, a, he's an incredible football player. But in my opinion, he was dominant on the inside. What we all just heard was Andy Reid kind of filibuster, which sort of tells me uh, if Frank Clark plays Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, more times than not, you're going to see him on you know one side of the defensive end. Mike Dana needs to be on the other side. Because, again, Mike Dana has honestly been the most consistent defensive end on the team. Who saw that coming in the first month of the year? And then, yes, Chris Jones needs to be on the inside. I mean, look, we, we considered Chris to be – whether it's him or Fletcher Cox, one of the two best, you know, I mean, obviously Aaron Donald is in a whole nother stratosphere, but I think you could say, well, just Forrest Buckner's pretty good, but Chris Jones, when, when right from the middle of the defensive line is the best interior pass rusher in the AFC. So uh, this isn't to say that Chris has failed at this new experiment, but, again, to have your best 11 players on the field, he needs to be inside more times than not against the Buffalo Bills to see if he can get pressure uh, against Josh Allen up the middle. One guy we could see, and I know a lot of people are excited about this, including myself, 6'3", 230 pounds. His name is Josh Gordon. It is the one thing the Chiefs don't have. Fits nicely in that X receiver, something they don't have. Some Sammy Watkins is here. Andy Reid was asked about Josh Gordon. Yeah, I'm going to just see how he does this week, Adam, I'm, um, and talk to him. I'm, I haven't talked to him today, but um, we'll just see kind of where he's at and how he's feeling. And um, I mean, there, There's a chance, um, but there's a chance that he's not also. So I'm going to just kind of play it by ear and see see how he feels. It really, it's more of a comfort thing with, with the offense. I don't want to put him in a bad situation out there. So, 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 so now you can go on the clock again. You said you think Willie Gay's going to play. What about Josh Gordon? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Reid was basically telling you, yes, if he's physically right, he'll he'll play this week. And I'll ask him because you know I hadn't talked to him yet. Hey, uh, in this playbook, what do you feel most comfortable with? Because that's what we run it out there against the Buffalo Bills. So, what what formation? What package? You know, hey, you caught that pass 
from Patrick Mahomes in practice. Did that feel good? Think that'll work? Think you'll get some some creative separation? I think all that means is, hey, if you if you have another good week in practice, Josh, if you like these two. When they or, took him to Philly. They did. Hey, the media him, love taking video of him warming let, up. Let him let him let him experience what it's like to be a part of one of the highly potent offenses in the NFL. Let him get a taste, get a feel for it. You know, he could I, I think now it's, you know, what three to four things do you feel like you can make an impact on immediately? Doesn't have to be grand. But if, even if he has two receptions against the Buffalo Bills, Jay, like you can use that and expand it from there. Um, but there's ways for him to contribute. I'm fascinated to know what he and Andy Reid agree on and then what they show against the Buffalo Bills. Question from the uh, eight or the uh, 816. This is a question for you, Nate. It's, it's the question tonight. Why does Sorensen continue to start over one Thornhill? <sighs> Let me take a deep breath, y'all. I know. I know. He is a veteran leader. He is the oldest defensive player on the team. Uh, he has interchangeable positional value. And what I mean by that is he can play the nickel as a linebacker. He can be a third safety. Obviously, he can play closer to the line of scrimmage. I think where he's most effective, interestingly enough, is as a blitzer. Uh, he did sack Lamar Jackson blitzing. Uh, I'm not sure I want him in space, um, but honestly, I I don't have the greatest answer for you other than Steve Spagnuolo wants to trust a veteran and see if a veteran can get better as the season goes along. We don't have evidence of that yet, so um, I would be in favor of Juan Thornhill or at least splitting some of these snap percentages. You know, as of now, Sorensen's playing just about every snap on the field. Uh, Thornhill has a very small role. I would see, if, can we get to 50-50 of that? Or let's have Juan be the deep safety. If you want to take some snaps away from Ben Neiman or Nick Bolton, that's fine. Uh, but find a way to get three safeties on the field more often. Me too. They start dialing up the uh, nickel bullets. We saw Steve mm-hmm. get a blitz. Last year, four sacks. Yep. So Julius Steve. He missed like two or three other. He could have had like seven sacks. The quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. All right, this is something fun we do. Every week, it's the Mac Lee Hill, uh, leader in the clubhouse. That is the Chiefs Rookie of the Year. Obviously, Clyde won it last year. Sneed did not. Sneed was my choice for Rookie of the Year last year. Last week, I went Trey Smith as the leader in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. You went Creed Humphrey. Both are still excellent choices. Yes. Where do you go with the Mac Lee Hill, leader in the clubhouse to this point? Right now, ladies and gentlemen, it is Trey Smith. Oh! The bear from the Revenant. All right. That just moves people in a very non-polite manner. Mm-mm. But within the rules, you know, when the whistle is... Very nice guy. Very, very nice guy. Player. He calls himself a goon, and you and I both agree, Jay, he had his best game as a professional football player yesterday against the Eagles. Moved guys mm. for Clyde Edwards-Alaire and protected Patrick Mahomes at a very high level. He's going to be here till Patrick Mahomes hits 30. This offensive idea, I think he gets another contract, but I'm with you, Trey Smith is my leader in the clubhouse to this point. But the 40 seconds left, Nate, to get the Bills-Chiefs Sunday night. We talked about the first five weeks of the season. In your opinion, 30 seconds, how important is this game for the Chiefs and the Bills? It's a great game because both teams need it. Buffalo needs it to prove themselves as a true AFC top contender. The Chiefs need to prove it to show that, hey, the Bills still have work to do. It's going to be a great game. I think it'll be a shootout. I think the early favorite should be the Chiefs because they have the experience, they have the quarterback. 
And look, let's see how close the Bills are to the Chiefs one year later. There's the pick. That's Nate Taylor. We'll podcast this. Coming up next, though, it's Red Reaction. Dusty Likens, Nick Price. Thank you, Nick Price. Bye.